Hello, and welcome to the Credit Union Overtime Podcast, produced and presented by the Credit Union Webinar Network, powered by FinEd. Today, we will be listening to a clip from Dwayne Betts' webinar on comparing Regulation E with Visa and MasterCard rules. Dwayne Betts is a seasoned Shazam Financial Services trainer who is well-respected for his knowledge of EFT services. For 25 years, new and existing Shazam participants have benefited from Dwayne's in-depth understanding of EFT products and services that include ATMs, ATM cards, Shazam Check, MasterCard and Visa, debit cards, fraud, and ACH services. And so with that, I will let our listeners tune in to the clip from Dwayne's webinar. So what we are going to talk about today is we're going to start off talking about definition, scope, and enforcement. Pretty simple with the definition, starting out making sure we're all on level playing field and we understand as we go through the process the different terms that will be used. Then we're going to look at the scope. What is the coverage of the content we're going to be talking about today? We're going to be looking at Reg E and some MasterCard and Visa rules that are applicable to debit card disputes, uh, specifically the zero liability and the provisional credit rule that Visa has. Then we're going to look at the error resolution and investigation, which if you're familiar with Reg E, uh, you know, maybe somewhat or a, a lot, uh, that would be in the section 1005.11 or referred to as subsection 11. Then we're going to talk about the liability and recovery of funds, which is in subsection 6. Now, in the reg, yes, the liability and recovery of funds comes in subsection 6, which is before the error resolution investigation and subsection 11. But to me, it makes sense to, at least when your cardholder brings a dispute or error to your attention that you may do just a little bit of investigation, find out what's what's going on uh, before making that determination on who's liable for what. And so then we will follow up with some frequently asked questions and best practices. So let's get into definitions. In the interest of definitions, we want to talk about the transactions we're talking about today when it comes to debit cards and or credit cards. Dual message transactions, which you may know as signature base or credit transactions, this is really the dual message is more of an appropriate name anymore in today's world just because there are so many hybrid transactions out there. But a dual message transaction, you know, specifically referring to MasterCard and Visa, there could be other uh, network dual message transactions as well. But essentially, it, the name is, as it says, it's two messages for that transaction. The first message is the authorization message, and that takes place when that cardholder is performing that transaction, when they're actually engaging that transaction. It's simply a request to the issuer to approve that transaction. So on the issuer side, they would be checking possibly for funds availability, do they have withdrawal limits available, is the card status in any way, etc. Merchant gets an approval, assuming everything checks out. The second part of that message is the advice, which typically happens a day or two later. And this is when the merchant takes those authorizations and they send them back through 
the chain of command, if you will. And that's when the settlement actually takes place and your cardholder is debited for that transaction and the merchant is credited to their account. So really to determine what network is involved, what brand is involved, you would have to look at your transaction data and either see some sort of abbreviation for that network or maybe like a, a switch identifier. It just kind of depends upon what you have access to when it comes to that. Also along the lines, you may have heard that all the global brands have dropped requiring a signature as part of a card verification method. Uh, many of them had started to do that when the chip-enabled EMV terminals, capable terminals, came out, and for those terminals eliminating the signature requirement. Now, with COVID that we've all been dealing with, uh, they've all gone away with even requiring that. Some uh, have even gone away with even requiring a signature panel on the back of the card anymore. So it's just not used as part of that verification method uh, uh, using a signature. On the flip side of that, we have single message transactions, which were formerly known as PIN-based or debit transactions, because anymore you don't necessarily have to have a PIN, even though it's a single message transaction. And as far as single message transaction, the name is as it says. That authorization and the posting data are in one transaction at the time the cardholder engages in, in that transaction. You can maybe relate to these some big box stores. Uh, if you take your, your debit card there, for instance, you insert your card or you swipe your card, depending upon what your card, what capabilities your card has, or maybe it's contactless, but you don't enter a PIN, even though it's a single message transaction. So there are pinless debit transactions available at certain big box merchants where they come through as a pin-based transaction, but even though you didn't enter your pin. And typically those are transactions under a certain dollar amount. Typically $50 is what you'll see for kind of a quote-unquote floor limit, and then over that dollar amount you may have to enter your pin. These would include networks such as Maestro, or Cirrus for MasterCard. Uh, Cirrus is MasterCard's ATM network, and Maestro is the point-of-sale network for MasterCard. And Plus, on the Visa side, is the ATM network, and Interlink is the point-of-sale network. And so again, to determine what network may be involved in these transactions, you would simply have to look at the transaction data to see how they were routed. You can access and purchase Dwayne's webinar on comparing Regulation E with Visa and MasterCard rules at our website using the link in our show notes. You can also visit us at cuwebtraining.com. Please be sure to follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook on the Credit Union Webinar Network pages. I would like to thank all of our state association partners, our topic experts, and you, the listeners. Thank you for all you do to support your members. 